Ready to elevate your range day or hunting trip? Silencers are the best upgrade you can make to your firearm. And yes, they're completely legal. Silencer Shop makes getting your suppressor easier than ever. Silencer Shop is the nation's largest suppressor distributor, and they'll help get your new suppressor quickly and easily. Suppressor approvals are coming back faster than ever, often in just a few days. Silencer Shop guarantees an exceptional experience with their top-notch customer service, unbeatable prices, and renowned submission simplicity and accuracy. They partner with over 6,000 local gun stores nationwide to ensure easy access to the best suppressors. And at Silencer Shop, a portion of your online purchase supports your favorite gun stores directly. In just five minutes, you can have your fingerprints and paperwork ready to go, thanks to the Silencer Shop kiosk. There is nothing easier. If you're not using Silencer Shop, you're working too hard for your suppressors. The one-and-done solution for your suppressor needs, ensuring a headache-free purchase. Explore Silencer Shop for your next suppressor edition and immediately open your eyes to a better shooting experience. It's February 10th. You're listening to the President's Daily Brief. I'm your host and former CIA officer, Brian Dean Wright. Your morning intel starts now. A good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. I've got four briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First, Joe Biden says it's not his fault that he had classified material at his home and office. No, no. But I'll tell you, though, who he thinks is at fault. Second, an update to the China balloon saga this morning with an assessment by a Democrat senator from Montana that is actually spot on. Third is some updates on the war in Ukraine with mostly bad news for Kiev. Finally, American taxpayers will be funding a new wind farm out there. But this one, it's not in America. It's in Mexico. Later, we close out the podcast with an observation that I had on a recent report about Afghanistan. And it says that the Taliban won't be bought off by Western money. And apparently that came as a shock to some folks in Washington, D.C., which only proves that the very smart people back there aren't very smart at all. But before we get to that, we got to get started with this. Joe Biden says that it's not his fault that there was classified material at his home and office. It's his staffer's fault. That is what Mr. Biden claimed on Wednesday night when he was interviewed by PBS News. So the interviewer asked Mr. Biden how it was possible that his personal office in Washington, D.C. and multiple locations at his home in Delaware could have had an untold number of classified documents and other material so recklessly stashed around. Well, he said it's not his fault. It's the fault of his staff who packed up his materials over the years. Namely, one woman named Kathy Chung. Ms. Chung has long served as Mr. Biden's executive assistant. So here's the exact quote of Mr. Biden blaming others. As they packed up my offices to move them, referring here to Ms. Chung and other lower level staffers, they didn't do the kind of job that should have been done to go thoroughly through every single piece of literature that's there, end quote. All right. The PBS interviewer then asked if we should expect more documents to be discovered, to which Mr. Biden said, quote, there may be something else I don't know, end quote. Oh, that's reassuring. Uh, by the way, he also confirmed that amongst the classified documents found were materials dating back to 1974. That's when he was first elected senator from Delaware in what became a lifelong government career. So there's the latest on the Biden intel scandal. If I might uh, shift here to analysis and opinion, I don't think any of us are shocked with this sort of a shuck and jive move, right? Politicians do it all the time on both sides of the aisle. They are never to blame for anything. 
But it's just egregious to blame your staff when the classified material was sitting in a plastic tote in your garage and in your personal home library. All right, at some point, you have to own that, as in immediately, when the stuff is sitting next to your weed whacker in your garage, right? No staff member should get the blame at that point. But then again, I'm talking about a politician. I would like one that has morals and leadership. Well, that's not to be found apparently in Mr. Biden and his excuse this morning. And apparently it's not to be found in Washington, D.C. either, or probably in other capitals around the world. Let's move on to our second brief this morning, and it has to do with the Chinese spy balloon saga. More details were released yesterday from the U.S. State Department and the U.S. intelligence community. U.S. Deputy Secretary of State Wendy Sherman and Reuters News Service are saying that Washington, D.C. knows the name of the company that manufactured that balloon. It's a Chinese company with very close ties to the Chinese military. Now, neither Ms. Sherman nor Reuters News are providing a name, although the Wall Street Journal is saying that it's a company called Shuzhu Rubber Research and Design Institute. But regardless, Ms. Sherman is saying that the Biden administration is so upset with Beijing and this uh, you know, potential rubber company that they may target that company with sanctions, maybe. So here's that quote from the State Department, in fact, quote, we will explore taking action against these PRC entities linked to the Chinese army that supported the balloon's incursion into the United States airspace, end quote. So if you're wondering why they're just going to explore taking action versus actually taking action, well, that's because Ms. Sherman said that Biden's team wants to still work with China on other issues like climate change even during what she described as a, quote, difficult time, end quote. So, folks, that's what you should expect to hear from Mr. Biden in terms of the extent of his likely response to this balloon saga. Now, I should note one thing that was said yesterday at a Senate hearing about this whole mess. A Democrat senator from Montana, a guy named John Tester, said this about Beijing. Quote, China tends to push the envelope all the time until... A line is set down. So folks, I actually want to end on that, pivoting now from facts and data to analysis and opinion. So first, Senator Tester is spot on. Right? In my experience in dealing with Chinese issues, there is only one thing that they respond to or listen to, and that is if we punch them in the face and we make them bleed. Right? They don't listen to our words or our requests. Right? I can't get into details, but I will say from personal experience, Beijing officials will and do laugh in our face. The only time that they don't laugh, the only time that they take us seriously is when we make them bleed. Whether it's one of their officials who has an accident or a vehicle or a building that mysteriously goes boom. Or maybe something unfortunate on one of their islands that they created in the South China Sea. That's when they respond. And that's when they realize that they've gone too far. So this threat by Ms. Sherman to maybe explore taking action against Beijing, well, it's just pathetic. And it's yet one more example of why China has just eaten our lunch for decades with, to be honest, both Republicans and Democrats. And I'll tell you, they're going to keep eating us alive for decades more to come until we have some leaders who are willing to knock a few teeth out in Beijing. And then if we do that quietly, without bragging, 
Then we offer to have lunch with them, where gentlemen can sit down and manage our disagreements. In other words, strength gets you respect, folks. It really matters in everything, frankly, but especially in international affairs. With that, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I've got two more critical pieces of news for you. So hang tight and we will be right back. Mike Baker here. I want to take just a minute to talk about something of real importance to you and your family's financial well-being, and that's life insurance. Look, I know it's not everyone's favorite topic, and, and a lot of folks avoid talking about it or they put it off thinking it's too costly or too complicated or you'll get to it some other day. And it's true. Finding the right policy on your own can be time-consuming and complex. But I'm here to tell you, life insurance is an important safety net for your family. And that's why I'm happy to tell you about Policy Genius. Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, for me, having an appropriate life insurance policy. Well, it means less stress, less worry. I know that my amazing wife and our kids will be properly taken care of and provided for should something happen to me. Now, back when I was in the market for life insurance, and that was a while back, I did my searching the old-fashioned way. Lots of telephone calls, paperwork, faxes, maybe even a beeper. I would have loved to have Policy Genius to streamline the whole process. Policy Genius helps you compare all your options from top companies and provides a team of unbiased, licensed experts to walk you through the decision-making. You can compare quotes with just a few clicks, find just the right policy, and Bob's your uncle. And they've got thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to PolicyGenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's PolicyGenius.com. Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, once again, Pure Talk is investing in their customers out of their own pocket without charging an extra penny. Now, you've heard me talk about Pure Talk before, right? How they provide excellent coverage and service with industry-beating rates. And now, I'm happy to announce that Pure Talk is also providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. PureTalk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, but now they're giving you coverage in over 50 countries as well. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. Look, that's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Bring your phone, and PureTalk's eSIM technology makes switching so simple. Or you can get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Make the switch to the cell phone company that I know will provide you with outstanding service and value, Pure Talk. Just go to puretalk.com slash baker, that's B-A-K-E-R, just like you imagined, to start saving today. And when you do, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, visit puretalk.com slash baker to start saving on wireless at home and abroad. Welcome back to the PDB. I've got two more critical pieces of news for you this morning. For this third brief, we're going to focus on a few different updates in the war of attrition in Ukraine. And that's because early reports this morning suggest that Russia might have started the launch of its spring offensive. 
right? It's, it's a launching of operations that's actually been predicted for months now to retake parts of the east and south of Ukraine that it lost over the past, well, four or five months. So we'll see whether or not this is an actual offensive, but either way, we should see a ramp up in warfare over the next two or three weeks, especially leading up to February 24th. That's the one year anniversary of Russia's initial invasion of Ukraine. And let's actually start this third brief with how things are going for Russia. So on the personnel front, I've got something that you might not know. The Russians are using prisoners as their frontline soldiers, about 40,000 prisoners in total, actually, working on behalf of Russia's Wagner Group, which is their paramilitary group with fighters all around the world. And if you didn't know about this prisoner deal, here is what Moscow promised these guys. They said, look, we'll release you from prison if you agree to fight on the front lines in Ukraine for six months. And if you live... You get your freedom and some cash. If you die, well, at least it wasn't in prison. And so around 40,000 prisoners heard that pitch and said, all right, I'll do it. That's according to assorted media outlets, uh, the U.S. government, and folks, frankly, that I know in the Pentagon. But those days of recruiting prisoners might be coming to an end. Yesterday, the founder of the Wagner Group said on the social media platform Telegram that, quote, the use of prisoners has completely stopped, end quote. So the reason for that is allegedly word is getting back to the prisons that most guys aren't making it to six months. It is a slaughter of these largely untrained men. So the rest of them back in prison are saying, you know, three squares behind bars, not such a bad option. All right. Meanwhile, let's uh, switch to Ukraine. All right. They're getting some bad news this morning. First, the American company SpaceX is acknowledging that it has limited the use of its Starlink satellite connections in Ukraine. And the reason for that is President Zelensky apparently broke his promise. SpaceX CEO Gwen Shotwell told reporters on Wednesday that the satellite links were only supposed to be used to, quote, keep the banks going, the hospitals and keep families connected. And we knew that the military was going to use them for communications, and that's okay, but our intent was never to have them use for offensive purposes. It was never intended to be weaponized. However, the Ukrainians have uh, leveraged it in ways that were unintentional and not part of any agreement. Now, what she's referring to here are the use of drones. Ukraine has leveraged these satellite links to communicate and operate their drones, which in turn are obviously blowing up Russian fighters and materiel. So this CEO is saying that Starlink is going to be taking actions to limit that activity, to limit how their satellites would be used. Quote, there are things that we can do and have done. Meanwhile, some other bad news for Kiev, especially if Moscow is in fact launching that spring offensive that I mentioned just a couple of minutes ago. Well, unfortunately, the tanks that were promised to Ukraine have not arrived yet and probably won't for a long while to come. So let's understand this challenge here, and let's actually start with this. Russia started this war with about 12,000 tanks, and Ukraine started with about 2,000 tanks. And that's why Ukraine's President Zelensky has been beating the drum for American and European partners to provide more to help fill that gap, both in terms of the numbers, but also the quality of tanks. 
Well, so far, only Germany and Poland have approved substantial deliveries of these tanks to Kiev, around 200 from Germany and about 75 from Poland. And that includes a mixture of both new and older models. This is according to some analysis, pretty good stuff done by the Wall Street Journal. But then that begs the question, what explains why these other European partners who made these promises are not actually delivering on them? Well, let's go through the list of countries and their reasons because, boy, I'll tell you, it impacts you here in America and everybody else who's listening all around the world. First, let's consider the country of Portugal. Right? So they promised four tanks, but they've since said that all of them need special repair. Meanwhile, Denmark has said that it only has 44 tanks in total, and you know what? We can't spare any of them. Meanwhile, their neighbors in the Netherlands are saying, you know what, same here. We only have 18 tanks, and you know what? We lease those from Germany. So that's why both of those countries, Denmark and the Netherlands, are actually saying that instead, they'll pay to repair some of these old junker tanks held by private collectors and companies throughout Europe. Okay, moving on. We've got Spain, who for their part is saying, yeah, we have some of these uh, Leopard 2 tanks, but uh, they're not in good shape and they need substantial repair. Finally, there's Britain and France, which have the biggest armed forces amongst these European NATO allies. They've got around 220 tanks each, but apparently most of those tanks aren't battle ready either. So with that, folks, let me now pivot from facts and data this morning to opinion analysis. And I want to focus on this tank issue. So starting last spring, I briefed you all on how European militaries are a shell of what they used to be. And the reason why is that about 30 years ago, the, the European governments, they embraced this idea called the peace dividend. In other words, the Cold War came to an end and they decided they could redirect all their military spending to social spending because the threat was gone, they thought. Well, America over the years has tried to get them to commit more of their GDP to military spending. 2% is the NATO standard. But they refused, especially the leftist governments throughout Europe, especially Germany and France. And so now here we are, here they are, with Ukraine asking for help and the continent of Europe is, well, they're in such a pathetic shape that they're having to offer up either nothing or some old busted equipment like we're in Havana and the best they got is some sort of 1954 Chevy Bel Air. Now, to be fair, European governments are now very quietly admitting that they screwed up and they're trying to fix it. So case in point, three weeks ago, France's president Emmanuel Macron announced that he's actually tripling his military budget over the next number of years. And that's nice, but those leftist elements that I just mentioned, they are still very strong all throughout Europe, and they are dragging their feet at this idea of rebuilding the militaries in any country. In fact, we see this especially in Germany. So all in all, folks, this war of attrition continues in Ukraine. In fact, with Europe offering Kiev some old junk. And it means that America and its taxpayers are going to have to step up. It is you, my dear listeners, who will be on the hook to provide the financial and war material for this conflict, which it appears it's going to be going on for a very long time to come. And speaking of being on the hook for things, that takes us to our fourth and final brief of the morning. American taxpayers are on the hook to pay for a new wind farm, but it won't actually be in America. Instead, you, my fellow taxpayers, are going to be funding a wind farm in Mexico. Oh, dear. So here's what we know. 
On Wednesday, the president of Mexico announced that the U.S. government would be providing interest-free loans and grants to the Mexican government to build a wind farm in southern Mexico. So for this brief, you might want to grab a map, either on your phone or computer or in your mind. And I want you to look for the skinniest part of Mexico, as it were. It's down in the southern area. So if you look to the east, you're going to see the state of Veracruz. It's on the Gulf of Mexico side of the country. Now, that area is a generally flat basin nearest the coast that as you move west, it, it, it actually gets squeezed by the Sierra Nevada mountains in the north and the Sierra Madre mountains in the south. And between those two ranges, as you move west, you get into a really narrow gap called the Chivela Gap. And once you squeeze through there, you pop out on the other side into the Pacific Ocean. So years ago, that gap and that passage were very important for trade. In fact, before the Panama Canal, it was the only way to move goods unless you wanted to sail all the way down south to South America and up. Well, in the years since then, that gap has, well, obviously become a lot less important. But the Mexican government has long thought, you know, that would be a great place for a wind farm. And that's because at that Chivela Gap, the winds consistently blow from October through February, and they can move pretty darn fast, anywhere from 25 to 100 miles an hour. And that takes us to our latest news south of the border. On Wednesday, the Mexican president, Mr. Lopez Obrador, says that the American taxpayers will build a wind farm in that gap. Actually, four wind farms. Quote, this is an agreement from the United States to help address the problem of climate change. They will be with us on March 19th. That is the U.S. proposal. It is likely that it will be John Kerry who will be there to announce the wind farms. By the way, this is on top of a previous commitment made by the Biden administration to build five solar farms in the northern part of Mexico. That's actually a part of a $48 billion dirty green energy investment scheme that was announced last month by the U.S. State Department. According to Brian Nichols, who's the senior State Department official responsible for Mexico, he said, quote, I'm optimistic that if we work creatively together, we can achieve raising that kind of money, end quote. So he's referring to the solar farms and the $48 billion in investments from what he hopes to be both the U.S. government and private industry. So if I might offer my opinion on this one, I want you to keep this money and these projects in mind the next time that you hear folks in D.C. say that the U.S. budget couldn't possibly spare any cuts. Because if you believe that... I've got a, a wind farm to sell you. Four of them, actually. And uh, some uh, solar farms, too. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. We'll be right back. Hey, Mike Baker here. Have you ever walked into a room and immediately admired the best-dressed person there? Of course you have. Now, as the kids say, they, they got their fit going on. Okay, I, I have no idea whether that's what the kids actually say. I just I just heard it once. Anyway, picture this. It's wedding season, right? So you're at a wedding. You've been invited. You're not crashing it. And all eyes are on the bride and groom. But you, well, you're turning heads too because you're the best dressed person in the room. Now, yeah, you don't want to steal the bride's thunder. So maybe dial it back a bit. But you get my point. So how do you orchestrate this situation? Well, you do it with Indochino. With Indochino, you walk into wedding season looking like a million bucks, even though their suits start at just $499. Now, let me tell you about the process of customizing and ordering with Indochino. You can design the suit, 
that you want and fine-tune every detail. From lapels to linings, it's all online. When the suit arrives, you'll be knocked out by the quality of the fabric and the perfect fit. Look your best this wedding season at the table or on the dance floor or, or dancing on the table. Whatever you choose to do, just be careful when you wear Indochino. Go to Indochino.com today and use code BAKER, that's B-A-K-E-R, just like you thought it would be, to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's Indochino.com, promo code BAKER. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. Welcome back to the PDB, folks. I've got one more thing before I let you go. So back on August 24th, I briefed you on a big old pot of money, $7 billion sitting in the U.S. Federal Reserve Bank in New York. It belonged to the government of Afghanistan, but with the Taliban now in control, the U.S. government is refusing to hand it over. Instead, they've decided to split it up. There's $3.5 billion set aside for lawsuits related to Afghanistan's role in the 9-11 terror attacks which of course leaves the other $3.5 billion for what the Biden administration has said they're going to use for, quote, the benefit of the Afghan people. Now, so far, they've used a little bit of that money to help replace some old damaged currency called the Afghani. But that means that there are still billions of dollars left to be spent. Well, according to media reports and a source of mine on Capitol Hill, the Biden administration has been trying to use that cash as, as leverage to get the Taliban to do stuff such as uh, respect women, or please don't push gay folks off of buildings, or could you please not blow up statues and art? In other words, America's leadership, including the folks in the White House, they're hoping that the Taliban would stop being the Taliban, you know, teasing them with this 3.5 billion carat. But those hopes have, quote, come crashing down, end quote. Those are the words of John Sopko. He's at the U.S. Special Inspector General for Afghanistan Reconstruction. In other words, what he's saying, and indeed, as he explained, the Taliban refused to stop being the Taliban. They refused to stop embracing radical Islam. All right. Meanwhile, consider this next quote from Alex Zerdin. He's the former U.S. Treasury attache who worked at the U.S. Embassy in Kabul. He's now a senior fellow at a Democrat think tank called the Center for a New American Security. So here's what he said about the Taliban's refusal to work with us. The U.S. and international community need to figure out additional incentives and punitive measures to impact Taliban behavior because what we've done so far has done little to sway them. So folks, I want you to consider those two statements, especially that one by Mr. Zerdin, right? As I pivot now to analysis and opinion. It has been 20 years now, over 20 years, since radical Islamic terrorists based in Afghanistan with Taliban support 
attacked the United States. And we spent 20 years fighting that enemy to understand that enemy. And we see now this former senior U.S. official who served at the embassy in Kabul. He is absolutely befuddled and disappointed that the Taliban won't be persuaded to change their ways because we've got a couple billion dollars in cash to throw at them. All right, folks, this is why we failed in Afghanistan or one of the reasons. Your government, as it turns out, is led by not very smart people, right, who after 20 years have not learned a single thing about radical Islamic ideology or those who embrace it, all right? It should be obvious, but let me state it. Islamic radicalists are not interested in our money. They are interested in our deaths, and not just of our people, in our governments, in our way of life, and the death of any other faith beyond Islam, right? In other words, they're interested in global jihad, to create a new global Islamic caliphate. And we have known that for 20 years now. Well, not all of us have known that, apparently. Not Mr. Zerdin, formerly of the U.S. Treasury Department, who, again, served at the embassy in Kabul. So the next time that you're feeling maybe not smart enough or not good enough to run America's foreign policy, let me assure you that you are Right? You, you are, in fact, smarter than most anybody in Washington, D.C. Certainly smarter than that former U.S. Treasury attache because you, my friends, have what he does not. You, my friends, have common sense. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes your morning brief. As always, we close out the show reminding each other of why we are here, talking about our country and our world. It's the creed of every good spy and every smart American. It's from John chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day. Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, spring is in full swing. And for millions of folks, that means yard work and gardening. Am I right? Now, here's a pro tip for those of you looking to spruce up your landscaping. Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the U.S. They've got over 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. Save yourself the time and trouble of multiple trips to those crowded nurseries. You know what I'm talking about. Fast Growing Trees is a complete time saver. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all, and it's delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. They can tell you what grows best in your area, how to plant, when to plant. It's like having your own expert gardener. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And listeners to the President's Daily Brief can get an extra 15% off by using promo code PDB at checkout. So go to FastGrowingTrees.com and use promo code PDB at checkout. What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism.
We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are, and it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available.